Chapter 26 Laura tried to cry, but there was no emotion to push out her tears. She almost felt happy. She was numb to her situation. Caleb was gone. The blood staining her sweater was not her own, and she hadn't been raped. And now she had a gun. She finished crapping at the base of the tree and cleaned herself with a handful of grass. She stood up, pulling her pants around her hips and sticking the gun back into her waistline. She kicked dirt over her shit, trying not to step in it. Then she heard leaves crumble behind her. It sounded like slow footsteps. She froze. The footsteps moved closer, then stopped. Laura was suddenly terrified. She wanted to turn around and look, but she was afraid to reach for the gun. She felt trapped. The birds went quiet, and the rain lightened up. Something was standing right behind her. She could feel its eyes. She looked into the torn, jagged tree bark inches from her face. It was pale gray, its dry lines recessing into darkness. The thing took a step closer and breathed onto the back of her head. Then it took two steps back. If she swung around now, she could hit it. But if she reached for the gun, it could tackle her. Her hands grew sweaty and her face flushed red. The voice in her head started shouting. She braced herself against the tree and then slowly turned around. Standing right in front of her was a tall man wearing a long, tan trench coat and one of those fisherman bucket hats. The hat matched his coat. His skin was tan, and his eyes were covered by small, rectangular sunglasses. Their lenses were a shineless black. He looked older than her, but not by much. A strange smile was moving in and out of his mouth, as if he were trying to speak, but didn't want to laugh. Beneath his coat was a white tennis polo and a pair of khaki shorts with high black socks and casual loafers. He had both hands jammed in his pockets and clutched his arms tightly at his sides, shielding his back to the hissing rain and wind. Although his eyes were masked by the glasses, Laura could tell he was looking right at her, right into her. He was more than a head taller than her. Then his face cocked to one side as his lips quivered and curled. He looked amused. They stood there looking at each other for a long time. Laura's heart beat in her ears. The man tilted his head from one side to the other and made another strange, forced smile like he was waiting for her to speak first, waiting for her to answer a question 
he had not yet asked. She looked down at the waist of his long coat. His hands were playing in his pockets, playing with himself. She looked back up into the black squares covering his eyes. What do you want? she asked. The man stopped fidgeting in his pockets and cleared his throat. His voice was inhuman and low, like a record spun backward. He smiled as he spoke. You look like you need a ride, he said. His teeth were small, and several creases grew along his face as he grinned. Now he looked much older than her. He seemed unnatural in his skin. Laura took a step back and pinned herself against the tree. She slowly moved her hand behind her, lifting her sweater and reaching for the gun. The man took a step toward her, eyeing the ground as he did. Then he swung his long, thin face up and down. He was giving her body silent, odd attention. It felt familiar. Do you need a ride? he asked. Laura took hold of the gun, but didn't remove it. Who the fuck are you? she asked. The man grinned and looked down at his shoes, then back up at her. I'm just someone who saw you out here by yourself, he said. I thought I'd see if you needed a ride. He took a long, bony hand out of his pocket and motioned over his shoulder, pointing to an old white station wagon parked and running on the road. Its driver's side door was hanging open. Then the man put his hand back in his pocket and continued with a shrug. I was just passing by and noticed you out here, he said. I thought I'd stop and see if you need a ride, is all. The car is running if you want to lift someplace. Then he leaned in and whispered, I won't bite. Laura still couldn't see his eyes. The man bothered her immensely, but she didn't know what to do. If she attacked him, he would win. He was much bigger than her, and so far he hadn't done anything to justify being shot dead, which was what she wanted to do to him. But Laura didn't lift the gun from her pants. Instead, she tipped up on her toes and glanced over the man's shoulder at the running car. There was no one else inside it, and there was no strange music coming from it either. It just sat there, puttering. She looked back into his face. He wasn't smiling anymore, just patiently waiting for a reply. Laura looked down at his shiny penny loafer shoes. They were caked with fresh, wet leaves. She didn't look back up. I need to get to the Centerville Econo Lodge, she said. Can you take me there?
The man lifted his nose in the air and sniffed, nodding to the smells he gathered. I just came not far from there, he said. I can get you there in no time. Laura squeezed the handle of the gun at her back and gave him a blank glare. The man motioned toward the road and shrugged innocently. Laura didn't want to admit it, but this guy was her only hope of finding the motel. Regardless of his intentions and odd attitude, without him, she would spend the day and probably the night lost in these woods. But what waited for her inside his car was unknown. The car looked evil. The man's face also looked evil. But the trees, wet with rain and strung with gore, looked more evil. There would be no easy way out. Just get in the car, the man said sternly. I know where the motel is. Laura frowned and shoved past him, walking up through the trees toward the road. The man quickly turned and raced to catch up ushering her under branches while putting a hand over her shoulder and whispering things like, that's it, and there we go, and just a little further now, along with a few other horrible cliches only used by child molesters. Laura knew she was going to have to kill the man, but she needed directions to the motel first. As they reached the base of the ditch, the man squeezed her ass while helping her up onto the road. She gave him no reaction. She just hoped he hadn't noticed the gun. <laughs>